but, but, I, but I do think that just, you know, sitting there in a coffee shop and figuring out, okay, what do we want to do? Yeah. Right? Uh, but I was also thinking of the time when we actually met. Right? I mean, yeah. we're sitting in the basketball court. Yeah. I'm watching my daughter. You're watching your daughter. Everybody else's head's buried in the phone. Yeah. You know, just beep, 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 beep. And then you walk over, and it was like, hey, good to meet you. Yeah. Right? And instantly, respect. Because I was like, dude, are you in sales? I think I even asked you, are you in sales? You're yeah. Like, eh, no, you know, looking to transition out. And I was like, oh, you should be in sales because you just <laughs> talk to me, yeah. which humans don't do. They don't yeah. just walk up to somebody and start up a yeah. conversation. Yeah. But you know what's kind of interesting about that conversation? Like, I, I wasn't really in sales, but I did start to learn more about, like, networking and, like, introducing yourself to people because my wife was involved in, like, the nutrition supplements. Right. So, like... I had kind of heard some of the stuff and I was like, that's really good. Like whether you're trying to sell somebody or not. And I think that's one of the lessons is like, if you're in sales, you don't just go introduce yourself because you're thinking of a sell. You introduce yourself to just be friendly and meet people. And if down the road, maybe you sell something, but like, I don't know if I even talked to you about that. It was just like, it became like a habit that I started to get into of like, well, why would I waste this time? Why would I waste this 30 minutes or 40 minutes or whatever the practice was mm-hmm. just sitting here when there's probably somebody I can connect with? Who knows if it will lead to sales or if it just leads to a friend. But like at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter because I think the people that are best in sales are not focused on the sale. They're focused on the relationship and connecting with people. So but it's, it's, it's funny though because I, I remember all the other people. I mean, literally just, yeah. you know, it's not like they were reading books to better themselves or just sitting there probably Instagramming you know Facebook and whatever yeah and it was so just you know natural but unnatural right yeah. I was like who's this guy walking over to me <laughs> but it was almost like like we're looking like we're sizing each other up like what's this guy doing? what's his plan what's going on yeah but I think it's it's that that's life right yeah. it's like that's how I don't know you meet you meet people in certain instances and you can either choose to do something or you can choose not to do something yeah and and what and we certainly wouldn't be sitting here doing this if that one, you know, act of, hey, how the heck are you? Yeah. Right? I mean, we, who knows where we'd be? We'd probably yeah. be, you know, in our phones buried somewhere. Yeah. You know? And it is like, I think that with the internet and social media and everything, um, it's a skill that's complete, people have completely lost. And even like Priscilla talks about it on this podcast, like, hey, when I was like starting out, like selling supplements at a store, like I was like, you have to kind of say, hey, I'm going to try to talk to like 10 people a day. Yep. Random people, which is weird. <laughs> like nobody at the grocery store, if you say, "Hey, how's it going?" are going to be like, "Okay, this is normal." But at the end of the day, if your if your focus is on them and not on you, they're going to think you're cool. Right. You know. So if you're just asking questions, if you're showing interest, like there's really no harm. It's it's a little awkward, a little weird, but like. Well, it's getting people used to the fact that when I look at it in, in my world, most people, you know, when you ask them honest questions and like, "Hey, just if you have a problem, come to me." Like. You know, before you quit, come talk to me. Let's let's walk through it. They're afraid to do that because if, if I come to you and I say, hey, you know, I'm I'm looking at other opportunities, my first instinct is, oh my god, he's gonna he's gonna fire me. He's gonna get rid of me. When really, like when I tell somebody, come talk to me. Like we can try to work it out. And if we can't work it out, fine, I'll, I'll help you get somewhere else. Yeah. But I think most people are so accustomed to, if I show a weakness or I show a vulnerability, then you're gonna use that against me. And how are you gonna use it against me? Or are you gonna hold it over me? To kind of leverage something, right? It's never a pure. Hey, let's just have a conversation. Yeah. <laughs> okay, you said something. Yeah. Okay, it is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but are you good? All right, good. Let's come back tomorrow and let's get after. It. Yeah. And do you think that's especially in this area, Northern Virginia? 
Like, do you, like where you? I don't know. Where'd you grow up again? Uh, originally Jersey. Yeah. Right. And, and so you, Jersey you kind is of very, like, yeah, that's fast. Kind of blue collar though. Blue collar, hundred yeah. percent blue collar. Yeah. So I think like, especially in this area, if you approach somebody, like everybody's expecting an angle. Oh yeah. You know. Oh, or absolutely. like the first thing they want to know is who are you, where you sit in the social structure, like how big is your house, what kind of car do you drive? Like that's. Well, I, th- I told you the story about when I bought my first my first car, my yeah. first brand new car. I was thirty six years old, right? So I mean, think about it. Thirty six years old. I've been working for you know since I was twelve years old, mowing yeah. lawns and all that crap. But it took me that long to buy my first car. I came home, I was pumped. Had fifty four miles on it. Showed my wife, kids. They're all awesome. Go inside. Not even an hour later, one of the neighbors sends a text to my wife and says, "Did he get a new truck?" <laughs> Yeah. And two days later, her husband had a brand new car. That was nicer than mine. So all of a sudden, I'm going from this pedestal of there, yeah, all right, I accomplished something, yeah. to, oh, Jesus, I'm just like everybody else. Yeah. Right? But that's to your point. It's that, it's that keeping up to the Joneses. Yeah. Everybody's trying to like, oh, yeah, well, you did that great. Good for you on this. Right? Yeah, they can't just say, hey, it. nice car. Yeah. And just leave it at that. Like, give yeah. me a week at least. Yeah. Yeah, my favorite story about... Northern Virginia is the. Did I tell you about the birthday party my kids were invited to? No. <laughs> so um, we go to this part, this birthday party for some kid, probably 10, 11, something like that. And part of the party is the mom says, "Okay, everybody, get in a circle. Now, now's the time we're gonna everybody tell about their favorite story from Disney World." <laughs> Not thinking that maybe some of the kids hadn't been to Disney World, <laughs> so my kids hadn't been. So I'm like. You know, my wife's saying, okay, how's this going to go? And uh, so all the kids go around. I loved whatever ride. I love seeing Princess wh- whoever. And it got, gets to my second, um, my second to oldest daughter. And she's like, I loved something. She made up something. Because, you know, she didn't want to feel embarrassed, right? They keep going around the room. And then my oldest daughter, who's like, could never tell a lie, says, Oh, um, we've actually never been to Disney World when it got here. And then everybody kind of looks at my other daughter like, well, what was that story? <laughs> Good one. <laughs> but just to assume, like, from the parent, like, that every kid has been to Disney World, and it was, like, multiple times. So, of course, everybody should have a story. And everybody has, like, you know, the pony and the newest iPhone and everything else. So Have your kids been since? No, we just went once. Mine either. Well, no, mine, we mine. did go once. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, so we me. went, like, a couple years ago now. So... Yeah, we haven't gone. I figured we'll go when my daughter turns like 20. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we, we haven't gone. Because I look at it and I'm like, all right, four kids, plane tickets, you know, Disney. I'm like, all right, how much is that going to cost? And, and not only that, but just the time of everything, right? It's, yeah. I mean, you know, you're always on the go. Someone's always playing sports, right? We're always coaching sports. So I feel bad. I'm not pulling my kid out of sports. I'm not going to not coach because we're going to go to Disney. But then what's the right age? Yeah, I, I don't know, right? I mean, yeah. actually, my six-year-old is probably like the perfect age, but sucks yeah. to be him because the others are too old now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So how is that coaching going? Well, it's 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 good. I'm learning a lot. Yeah. Right. I mean, uh, I, I did it the past two years, taking this year off. You, you know, it's it's we haven't won a game, right? So we're zero and five. Uh-huh. And I'll be honest, it's as frustrating as it is to lose. I think it's a good lesson, right? I did a lot of reflecting over the weekend. This last loss because we should have won the game. Well, we lost by 14 points. The previous game <laughs> we lost by 40 points, yeah. right? So that's improvement, right? But I think what, what's cool for me is to have a bunch of, you know, nine-year-old boys that are still going out there just busting their butt off every single practice, every single game, and having fun. Right? They're still laughing. 
They're getting better. They're having a good time. No one's over there pouting or crying or quitting. Um, you know, although times I'm like, oh, I wish I could go out there and, and play for them. Yeah. But it's it's a good lesson, I think, in life, right? It's it's when times are going good, right, and you're winning, it's easy to high-five. It's easy to celebrate, walk around like you're prideful. But yeah. when you're losing, right, when the cars are stacked against you and you got obstacles, what do you do? Yeah. Right? Are you going to sit there and put your head in the sand? Or are you going to keep going, and eventually we're going to get a win? Yeah. It's going to happen eventually. Yeah. Very true. A lot different than baseball. Baseball is my, my comfort zone. Right? <laughs> I'm yeah. good at baseball. Yeah. It's hard to draft a bad team in baseball. But, yeah. Uh, but it's, it's been a good lesson for me. Yeah. These drafts, it's amazing how at such a young age, <laughs> these coaches are getting so well, and they, crazy and they, about it. They prey on the coaches that don't know anything, yeah. right? Like, I mean, there was, there was a couple of guys. We had 12 teams in our league, which is a lot. I think there was 100, 110 kids or something, 120 kids. And there were coaches with, like, six different colored highlighters, like, ranking a nine-year-old boy. <laughs> oh, yeah, his dribbling sucks, or yeah. he'll never be a point guard. Nine years old. These kids have never played basketball, right? Yeah. And they're like, and they had, like, multiple coaches with them scouting from different angles. Like, well, what do you think about this guy? What about that guy? Yeah, what would they say to and, Tim and, Duncan at that age? So he was crazy. swimming. He was a swimmer, you know? Like, these, they have no idea. I mean, I, I, my, my draft strategy was... I looked at the kids that had good manners, the kids that, you know, seemed coachable and, you know, were trying hard. They seemed like good kids, right? Yeah. So I guarantee you that my eight kids are hands down the best kids and the best families in the entire league. <laughs> now we just got to translate that into winning. Right? Yeah. Yeah, my first, um, what do you call it, where you go sit and watch them, the tryout yeah, yeah. before the draft? My whole strategy was um, – in the drill where they start at the top of the key and just dribble in and shoot a layup, if they could dribble and make a layup, I put a check mark by there. Because <laughs> yeah, that was like that was gonna that meant something. <laughs> yeah, that thing was yeah. intense though. Yeah, that was, that was intense because I know even even my son was discouraged because he missed you know a couple of the jump shots, and you know I wanted to tell him although I couldn't in the whole thing, but I wanted to tell him like, hey buddy, like don't worry because eighty five percent of the kids missed their jump shots, right? But I think that's that's one thing that I've noticed in the league is the team that typically takes the most shots wins the game, right? Because yep. they have the highest percentage of dropping. Yeah. And I think that's a that's another life lesson yeah. that parents watching the game, you know, need to understand. Like encourage kids take the shots yeah. because if you don't take the shots, you're guaranteed not to make any shots, right? Yeah. And it's like that in life. I mean, yeah. you you know, you you want to ask somebody out on a date. If you just stand there and wait for somebody to come to you, it's probably not going to happen. you yeah. got to take your swings. Yeah. And maybe you're going to get a lot of rejections. Maybe, you know, nine out of ten people tell you no. But yeah. that one person, it's all it takes. <laughs> yeah. And she's called my wife, yeah. right? It's yeah. like sometimes that happens. Yeah. Oh, but you got to take risks, right? you yeah. got to take risks. You know, kids, adults, work, you know, anything you do, yeah. you got to take risks. Yeah, and like the idea that massive action solves just about everything, you know? Like, it doesn't matter what it is. If you can just, like, you know, like, um, what's his name? He talks about the 10,000 hours. Um, Gladwell talks about, like, if you can just do it over and over and over and over and over, like, massive action, eventually it's going to pop. Like, it's impossible for you not to be successful as long as you're in that mindset. It's a, But, you know, obviously that links to ego. Like, you have to get over your ego to be able to do those things. Oh, ego. So. Ego's a big thing, right? It's, yeah. You see it everywhere. Right? Talking yeah. about, you know, this this area, you know, Northern Virginia being, you know, pretentious. 
egos everywhere. I mean, gosh, it's I can do this better than you. I know more than you. I mean, I actually had a uh, had a customer recently that I worked with, and I was trying to you know help him out with his company, and I told him, hey, my only goal is to help you grow. And you know, he didn't like the way I handled something, and in hindsight, I wasn't looking at it from his perspective. So okay, but immediately, you know, I apologized. I said, hey, I'm sorry. Yeah, definitely should have looked at it from a different perspective, just being a nice guy. And uh, his response to me was that he was a naval aviator. <laughs> and he said, I appreciate your apology. He goes, but if you were in my shoes and you crash your plane into an aircraft carrier, he goes, all the apologies in the world don't mean shit. <laughs> he goes, so, thanks for the apology, but I don't accept your apology. What? So who doesn't accept this is, an this apology? This is last week, so of course I'm steaming like, what? Like, are you kidding me? Like, and I, and I, I it took all my power to just be like, hey, you know what? You're right. Because at the end of the day, you know, he, he is the customer. I'm, I'm trying to help him, you know, learn things, and, and he dropped the old. I've been doing this for 40 years, so of course I haven't been doing it for 40 years, so I don't yeah. know what I'm talking about. <laughs> but I think you know the, the, the That's point so ridiculous is too. that. There is so much me, 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 me out there. Yeah. And there's not enough, like, you, we, us, them. Like, everybody thinks they can just do it themselves. And, yeah. And you can't. You cannot do it yourself. Yeah. I don't care who you are, right? You listen to any great leader out there, the first thing they do is they give praise to other people. Yeah. I mean, like, so don't, you can't, nobody, I don't care who you are, you can't say yeah. that you got to where you are solely because of yourself. Yeah. And if you really don't want to be liked, accept all the praise. If someone's giving you an award and saying great things about you and you don't deflect to others, like that's the easiest way yeah. for people to think, what a jerk, you know? Well, was the old, like, I think it was, was it, was it John Maxwell? I think Maxwell had the, uh, you know, the window in the mirror yeah. analogy. Yeah. I mean, it's so true, right? Yeah. I mean, it's a crappy leader sit there and, you know, things go well. They're looking in the mirror, patting themselves in the back like, yeah, that was me. I did it. Things go bad. You know, customer gets angry. Right away, they start ripping the team apart. Like, it's your fault. You did this. You did yeah. that. But really, it's got to be the opposite, right? It's, yeah. you know, if things go wrong, you got to look in the mirror and say, hey, how do I hold myself accountable? What did I do wrong? That's on me. My bad. Because what you earn is the respect of all your people. Yeah. Everybody goes, hey, you know what? Boss man just sat on a grenade for me. Yeah. That's awesome. Hey, we, let's not let it happen again. Let's make sure that we don't let that happen again. Let's back them up. Yeah. It's common sense. Yeah. Right. And what that means, like, sitting on a grenade, like, for somebody else is taking ownership of things that aren't even your fault. Right. Like, there's a lot of people that can take responsibility for things that are their fault. But if you're a leader and you've got a team member that's screwed up, like, then you own it, then you're, like, gold, you know? Absolutely. Leader. So, but how, yeah. do you, how do you teach that or how do you apply that to parenting? Right? I mean, it's... it's the, I think a lot of people look at, okay, sure, you can do that with grown-ups. You know, you're dealing with adults all day long, and you can, you can be a good leader. You can, you know, fall on grenades, this and that. But how do you teach that to a child, right, to a 6-year-old or a 10-year-old or 12 You're saying to teach them to be that way or to yeah, do it for to them? to be that way. Yeah. Oh, it's so hard. It's so hard. <laughs> Their brains barely even started to cook. It's, you know, their natural human tendencies are – it's crazy how self-centered – kids oh, are yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> yeah. Right, it's like the world re- literally revolves around them and you know my kids walk in the door and throw their shoes on the floor and 
you know, leave their snacks on the table. It's like, you think those shoes are just going to pick themselves up? And, that's, yes. and those <laughs> dishes are just going to make their way to the sink? Yeah, it's, it's crazy. And it doesn't matter. I mean, I'm sure there's probably strategies that can help, but... Yeah, but 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 I think I think to that point, right? It's it's. I mean, we we always talk about it, right? It's it's look at things from another person's perspective, right? I mean, I remember I didn't learn much in school, right? I mean, I think that you know everything I learned is from like life and people yeah. reading on my own. But there was there was one class I took in uh, college, and you know it was actually like an early childhood education course, and the guy who taught it, a guy named uh, Peter Fischetti. He was like 80 years old when he taught the course, and he was the most spry, passionate guy that I'd ever met in my life. Yeah. But what he did was, you know, his first week he was talking to us about kids and, you know, how to understand them, how to relate to them, and, you know, this and that. And he actually crawled under the table and started talking to us from under the table and made us all sit on the floor to look at things from their perspective, right? Yeah. Their height. Look up at a table. Look up at a light switch. Look up at, a, you know, a whiteboard, whatever it is. Why are those things where they are? They're for adults. Yeah. They're not there for kids. Yeah. Right? So if you wanted to really get in their head and get in their mind, you'd have like miniaturized chairs everywhere, miniaturized tables everywhere. Yeah. Right? So they don't see that stuff. And I think, I mean, just talking about a big kid, I'm like that, right? When things are on the floor that the kids leave out, I don't see it half the time. Yeah. Because I'm just walking by it. But it drives my wife nuts because I could walk by a pair of shoes 10 times in a matter of two days and I don't take the time to pick them up. But it's not because I'm being rude. I just literally don't see them. <laughs> yeah. Right. So after the tenth time of getting yelled at, I make sure that anytime I walk through that hallway, okay, where where are the shoes? Where do I get them? Let's pick them up and let's put them back. Yeah. Because it's easier that way. Yeah. Dude, that's such a huge lesson on uh, like the perspective on the kids' angle, but even like with adults. Like I think almost every disagreement and every sort of conflict adult to adult is because you don't take the time to ask the question to see like what's their perspective you know constantly and you know like growing up like in the intelligence community it was always like well no I'm right like whatever my assessment is I'm right and it was always like you know always friction because people would never take the time to say well like your agency and my agency we're seeing things differently like how, like explain to me yeah, why you why you're assessing this instead of like and of course that goes back to ego too but um well, we can and, talk it, and it also <laughs> it also goes back like i like that you talked about that like well i have 40 years experience so i know it's like you know that's actually like a detriment and that's creating bias in your mind same thing in the intel world is like you know, 40 years looking at a country, you're really, you know, you're better off if you got some young people in that have never looked at it and they're seeing things fresh because you're, I mean, over and over and over again, things haven't been caught or things of analysis has been wrong because you have somebody that's been doing it for so long. So people, people in corporations, wherever you are, like you've been doing it for 20, 30, 40 years, you better start listening you to others. Yeah. It's, it's because again, you know, and you see it in job seekers, you see it in hiring, right? You see companies that will say, this job requires 20 years of experience. And and the pay rate is for somebody that's got two years of experience, yeah. right? And you kind of go, well, hold on. Like, why do you need someone with 20 years of experience? What if we had someone with five years but was able to do everything that a 20-year person could do or vice versa, right? It's, yeah, that person's too senior or too overqualified because I think, you know, Smart companies, I mean, you look at the, the, the truly smart and great companies out there right now, 
you know, the CEOs and the owners, they're not running the company. They bring in really smart people to run the company. Yeah. People that are much smarter than them. Yeah. Right? I mean, that's, that's what you want. You want to be surrounded by smart people. Because then you don't have to worry about all these things that you don't know anything about, right? Yeah. And not to pick on any uh, professional football teams, but <laughs> there's a couple professional football owners that, that operate that way. They're, they're really smart in what they do, but that doesn't mean they're smart in running a football organization. Yeah. You've got to bring people in here, let go of the reins, and say, hey, I brought you in here because you're an expert. Yeah. Go run it. I'm here to support you. That's it. That's yeah. the only time I'll get involved is if you need my help. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how do you feel about college in that sense that people, you know, it's always like when trying to build teams and trying to build companies, well, what's your degree? Where'd you go to school? Like, what are your qualifications? Like, I mean, I personally find it, I think we're at a place in our society where it's become ridiculous and real expertise. Like it, it, it's, it's nothing against college, right? I mean, if it's, if it's for you, if that's what you, you know, you feel that your kids need to do. No problem. Yeah. Um, yeah. I certainly support it, but I, I do not think that it's a you know, a rite of passage or something that shows that you can or can't do a job. Because yeah. I know people with PhDs that have been in school the last twenty years, and now they're you know forty years old, and it's time to find a job, and they they have like midlife crises because they're like, oh, what do I do? Oh, I'm so stressed. Oh, what am I going to do? And it's like you're stressed. Hold on, like you you haven't worked yet. Right? Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. because I, I, I think, you know, with college, you know, they don't necessarily teach you what you need to solve problems, you know, add value to people, like yeah. how to fill those gaps, right? Because yeah. there's the gaps. intangibles, and that's what's going to create success. Right. Yeah. They, 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 don't, they don't teach that. Right now, obviously, if you're, you know, you're going to be a surgeon, I want you going to college. I want you being the best of the best. Yeah. But other than that, it really doesn't matter. No, that's, what, that's exactly it. Like... If you want to be a doctor, lawyer, engineer, like go do it. But if you want to do marketing, sales, business, like save your time and save your money and save just start doing it. Start doing marketing. Start doing sales. Start doing cr- create a business. You know, the four years you spend in college, you could have started four businesses. Yep. Maybe only one of them works, but at least you've tried and you've actually learned something. Um, but I don't know. Like even with the company that I'm in now, it's like it's basically you have to have a bachelor's. For it, them even to look the at you, to talk to you. Yeah. yeah, which is insane. When you look at like Bill Gates, Steve Jobs, Larry Ellison, Mark Zuckerberg, all the people that have like changed, you know, changed, changed the, the world, world. Yeah. and are all billionaires. Like they didn't go to college, and I just don't. I, I don't know. I think that time will come when you know that's kind of the thing of the past. But it's just really bizarre. It's it, it's, it's starting to. Yeah, <clears throat> you know, the commercial world I think has embraced it a little more than the government world. Yeah, the, the, the problem is, in the government world, you know, what, what I see a lot of is, you know, people are so worried, you know, government customers are so worried about lawsuits and protests and all this stuff that's out there, right? So if, you know, if you and your company win work supporting ABC agency, and then my company files a complaint because I find out that you guaranteed that 90% of your people would have master's degrees, but only 89% of them had master's degrees. Now I'm going to protest, and then I'm going to end up winning the work yeah. because of a technicality like that. It's just, it's, it's silly, yeah. right? Because what happens is you, you now, and this is my taxpayer hat, now we have billets on a program that may go unfilled for six months. So for six months, it's an empty seat, 
And if you look at you know the IC or you look at the DOD community, imagine if one of those billets is a matter of life and death. Yeah. And it's sitting there vacant because somebody doesn't have a college degree, but yet you've got 15 guys and gals that could do the job tomorrow, yeah. but they're being denied because they don't have a piece of paper that says that they graduated with whatever BS degree yeah. from whatever school. Or it some is the skill that almost 100% of the time isn't even going to be used. Like Once you get in the cubicle and learn what you're doing, you totally have to, you know... Which, let's Figure be honest, what that's probably 90% of the time, right? I mean, the job yeah. descriptions that are out there for jobs, they never line up with what yeah. the actual job is because I think that's where companies get themselves in trouble too, right? Is, yeah. is they say, hey, here are the specs or here are the requirements of the job. And once a person gets in there, it shifts because it's always moving, right? Yeah. Smart environments, you know, agile environments are always moving to what their customers need. So I could start a job today and by Friday the responsibilities can completely shift and the companies view it as, well, you have to do this because I brought you in here, but the employee's like, well, no, I don't have to do that because yeah. that's not my job description. Yeah. You know, when really it should be more of a conversation on the way in the door and say, hey, this, this is kind of the description, what it is today, but here's what we're thinking. What ideas do you have? How can we do better? What, what can we change to make sure that we capture everything? It's yeah. a conversation, right? It's, yeah. it's dating is what it is. Yeah. But it's usually one-sided, right? It's uh, yeah. It's more of an arranged marriage at times, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah, man. And we've heard these awkward conversations of, like, the, the new person that gets in there and when they're being asked, like, actual conversations, you know, and they start talking about, well, I went to Hopkins and went to Harvard and I got this thing. Like, nobody cares. At that point, it doesn't matter. So <laughs> that's one of my biggest pet peeves when people start going there. I'm like, just Get over it. Yep. It doesn't matter anymore. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It's, it's, yeah. it's like the fraternity thing, too, right? Yeah. I was a, in fraternity ABC. Okay. Yeah. And? Oh, what, what, I could have played varsity mean? ball. I could have thrown the <laughs> yeah. ball over the mountains. Yeah. I yeah. should have been six foot eight, <laughs> but I'm not. I would have been in the NBA, yeah. yeah. Oh, I could have definitely played in the NBA, yeah. What's, it's six, six and freaky athletic. Oh, and I would have been there. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Just shy of it. Yeah. But it's, it's, you know, you sit there and you think of, you know, like, like interview questions, right? I mean, like when, when I talk to people... I, I look at the resume, but to me, just like a job description, a resume is, it's, it's a bunch of words on a piece of paper. Yeah. It, it doesn't, that, that, that doesn't identify you, right? Just yeah. as if you go through a, a bad or traumatic experience, that doesn't make you that thing. Like, that's not you, right? Yeah. If I get, you know, beat up, I'm not forever the guy that got beat up. That, that's not your yeah. identity. It's a, it's a part of you, right? It, it helps make you, it helps mold you and shape you. Yeah. But the resume, I, I, most of the time I'll look at it, I go, okay, great, I put it to the side, and it's, let's have a conversation. Yeah. And the questions I ask are things like, you know, tell me about a time when yeah. right, you, you failed. Yeah. And it's amazing, especially in the sales business, the number of people that I'll say, tell me about a time you failed, I would say 70% of them will tell me, well, I've never failed at anything. <laughs> and right off the bat, yeah. I don't want that person. No. And, 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 and most smart you're not leaders, failing, you're not learning. Yeah. How could you have never failed? Like, I could tell you, I could rattle off probably 15 things right now that I screwed up today. Yeah. And I own up to it. And I learn from it. Yeah. And I may go, oh, yeah, I did that. Yeah, oh, you don't want geez. those people on your team. You don't want that. No way. Because I want people that are taking risks. I want people that are taking chances. As long as you're, you know, morally, ethically, and legally, hey, you can bend any other rule. We can, we can figure that out. But don't break those three pillars. But it's funny, too, because the other thing I ask that really trips people up, which... You know, anybody listening should pay attention to this. But I always ask, like, hey, all right, you didn't get along with everybody in your, you know, every job you've ever had. Think of the people that you didn't get along with. If I were to talk to them, what would they tell me about you? 
right? Like, yep. Let's say you were the difficult person in the office to get along with because that's typically what happens. Hey, why did you leave this job? Uh, I didn't get along with my manager. Okay, what about the job before that? Yeah, manager and I didn't see eye to eye. <laughs> what about this one? Eh, my boss and I, you yeah. know, we were a little different, different initiatives. Yeah. Okay, could, could the problem be you? So, I don't think you're going to change. Right? Like it's, <laughs> yeah. so, but it's, and again, I, I don't ask that question to, you know, to point fingers. Yeah. I ask it to say, hey, like, so what, what kind of environment do you do better? Like, yeah. what kind of manager do you need? Or what kind of leader do you look up to? And it's, it's funny because what you see is people keep, they go back to comfort, right? So, and I see it a lot in the recruiting world, right? There are so many recruiters that are recruiters that hate recruiting. They hate it. Yeah. But they think that, oh, this is what I have to do, or I don't want to be a job hopper, or oh, i got to stay here for at least a year or two years or whatever it is, but they're miserable. Yeah. Right? And then you have an actual conversation with them, and you're like, hey, are you even happy? They're like, oh, God, no, I hate it. Like, <laughs> I haven't slept in weeks. Okay, again, let me help you. Like, you know, maybe we could shift you to another role in the company, or let me introduce you to some friends, right? I've got lots of buddies out there that... They could use someone like you, but tell me what you want to do, right? Yeah. Because at the end of the day, I mean, we only have you know a finite number of days in life, right? Yeah. Like, and you're going to sit there and spend it miserable? Yeah. No way, man. Now, granted, I didn't always think that way. Yeah. Right. I mean, in my sage, uh, you know, years of experience, I finally am starting to realize that oh yeah, uh, maybe life is too short to just sit there and you know beat beat someone else's drum, right? Yeah. I mean, oh, I've totally been there for. I mean, a good 15 chapter of my life <laughs> was sitting in a cubicle <laughs> in a windowless room and like, you know, this is like a slow death. It, and it, really at some really point, you just have to say like, is this really going to be me for another however many years? It can't. Like, if you know it's not you. And there's people that love it. There's people that can do it for 30, 40 years. But you have to like be honest with yourself and say like, you know. Which is it, crazy. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. the world needs those people. Yeah. Right? The, the world needs people that'll just kind of, you know, you know, for sellers, talks about the sheep, right? Like, it's like, be a sheep, get in line, follow your shepherd, and yeah. do what they say. Yeah. But... And if it truly makes you happy, then there's no judgment. Sure. Right? Absolutely. Like, yeah. You just do your thing and... But, yeah, I think so many people, you know, they're just creating excuses in their mind why they can't be happy, you know? Got the bills to pay, you got whatever... And we all do, yeah, right. But but I think uh, you know, I mean, I, I was I forget who I was listening to, you know, fairly recently, and they were talking about you know, okay, so most people work an eight hour job, right? I mean, let's be honest, it's banker hours, right? Yeah, not many people are putting in twelve, fourteen, sixteen hour jobs. But if you're working an eight hour job, you know, and how many hours does the average person sleep? You know, six to eight. What are you doing with the rest of your time? Yeah, right. And it's. I mean, I even find myself doing that sometimes where I'm like, you know, I need to do, here's my list of things to do, and a month goes by, and that list just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger, whether it's, you know, chores or start up a podcast or whatever it is, it yeah. just continues to go because you make excuses, Yeah. right? You're like, ah, I'm going to read this, or I'm going to do this, or I'm going to I'm gonna sleep, I'm tired, and then before you know it, you're like, dude, just, just do it, right? Yeah. Just just yeah. do it. I mean, yeah. I, put a, I put a thing out today, I don't know if you, if you saw it on, you know, one of the social media things. And, uh, you know, very simple. I was like, you know, if you feel sick, do it anyways. Yeah. You know, if you're tired, do it anyways. Yeah. And what's, what's funny is the number of comments that have come through on that, that's not prophetic. I didn't make that up. I mean, yeah. like, that's just, yeah. that's, that's, that's the truth, right? Like, yeah. that's what you do. And, and it's, that's what people are thirsty for is, like, actual truth. They don't want to hear all this 
nonsense about you're perfect the way you are, you don't need to do anything, you know, it's just like, no, that's the truth. And I did see that comment, and the thing I thought of was like, fitness, because I'm trying to get back in shape, and it's like, it doesn't matter, every single morning I'm waking up now, and I'm having a different pain, either in my knee, hip, ankle, Achilles, like just random stuff, but it's my body, like, you know, it's just, it's going to happen, right? (laughs) But it's like, if I let that stop me, I'd never... It's never going to happen. Like, it doesn't matter how I feel. And you know Go- David Goggins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was like former Navy SEAL, and now he does all these crazy, insane athletic feats. He was, I heard him one time talking about, like, in SEAL training, he had, his shins were literally broken, right? So he was, like, taping them up, and he just kept going. And at some point, your mind tells your body, like, I'm not stopping, so you better heal yourself. And he said his shins, like, heal themselves. Something like, if he could do it, like, why would I not push through a little bit of pain? Because eventually your body's going to be like, okay, this crazy dude is not quitting. And it has to get better, right? But, but I think Unless it's like severe injury. But, you right. know, but that's think, a good lesson. Though, yeah. Right? Because, you know, I mean, I told you my daughter, you know, made the switch to cross country this year. And I kind of was like, eh, okay, you know, because I'm not much of a long distance runner, right? Sprinter, yeah. I'll get one or two sprints in. But, you know, she did it and. She was like distraught when she first went out because you know after the first practice she was struggling, and instead of encouraging her, the coach you know politely pulled her aside and said, "Yeah, yeah, you're a little too slow for this sport," and it, it devastated her. Right, and this was you know preseason summer, so she didn't have to be there. I'm thinking this guy like screw him, right? But at the same time, I, I, I got it, right? I, I, he's trying to like see does she have the grid or does she not, and she didn't. Yeah, and she she didn't go back. You know, she took off the next, you know, week and a half, and then all of a sudden one day she's like, "Hey, Dad, I think I want to go back." And I'm like, "You sure? Like, you know, you don't have to, but if you start and you commit, you're sticking it out. Like, you're not going to quit halfway through the season." So she went back, she ran, got no comment. Like a week or two goes by, and he pulled her aside. He goes, "Hey, you know what? You've shaved off a couple minutes on your time. Like, yeah. good job, right?" And now she's like a running fool, right? It's it, it's kind of cool to see that progression because, again, I think for us as adults, we're full of excuses. Yeah. And so are kids. Yeah. Right? And, and kids, they don't understand that, you know, no pain, no gain, right? I mean, what did your father tell you the whole, your whole life? Right? I, mean, I remember riding a bike uphill, yeah. like in tears, like, that's a, I can't get up the hill. Oh, there's no pain, no gain. And he's, you know, leaves yeah. me like two miles behind. But, but, but there's truth in that, right? Oh, it's, yeah. No pain, no gain. I mean, it's, if you're not feeling there's anything. There's no arguing with it. It's, it's like big high school. I mean, you get a good workout, and, you know, you're over there throwing up, and your buddy's like, yeah, man, you got a good workout. And you're thinking, yeah, I did. It's ridiculous to think about, but, yeah. it's, but it's true. Yeah. Right? You got you to go through those hurdles, and you got to go through them in life. Yeah. Right? I mean, it's, you know, what, uh, you know, I, I forget where I heard it. There's so many, you know, influencers that, that we listen to, right? But I'm sure multiple times they've said it, but it's like, if, if you're going somewhere, like say you have a meeting tomorrow, and you got you know that, that those butterflies in your stomach and you're scared as hell, that means you're going in the right direction. Like, oh, absolutely. You know, if it was yeah. easy, if it was like, oh, yeah, this is a piece of cake, you know, blah, 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 don't think for one second that whoever you're meeting with isn't going to pick up on that, you know, that arrogance. Yeah. Like, you got to be humble. You got to be like, oh, man, I am, I'm about to crap my pants. I'm so afraid to talk to these guys. Yeah. Right? Oh, that's the sign you're moving in the right direction, 100%. Yeah. I mean, that's not, but so many people avoid that, right? They, yeah. they get to that point of, oh, what if they laugh or what if it fails? Yeah, what if? What's the worst thing that's going to happen, yeah, right? Sure. I mean, 
At least our wives will, will give us props for this. Be like, yeah, yeah, this is really good, guys. Yeah, yeah. You know? All right, man, I got like three minutes. Got to take Slater to basketball practice. What, um, why don't you finish with the story of how we started this thing? Met up for coffee. Met up for coffee after, now, now granted, it's not the first time we met for coffee, but, yeah. you know, met for coffee last, last week, and I think within the first minute and a half, we kind of said, hey, let's do a podcast. Right? Like, what I know, you- but what, you said something like, hey, this is going to sound, um, oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to sound yeah. like a pansy. Yeah, I was like, no, dude, that's not. Yeah, I was like, that's great. You jumped right on. I was like, oh, perfect. But it's, you know, and I think the reason behind it all, and we're kind of working backwards here, you know, by design, there's a huge gap right now. Just, you know, I say in work, but in work, in marriage, and, you know, raising kids, and coaching, and schools, and, you know, just talking to somebody at a coffee shop or, you know, getting a shopping cart for somebody, you know, at a grocery store. There's a huge gap in just, you know, having conversations, right? Just being comfortable in your own skin, being able to, hey, celebrate the fact that, that you're faster than me or you're different than me. Like, that's awesome, man, right? Like, yeah. And, and I think what, what I see is it, it all comes down to communication, right? And I don't know if it's technology. I don't know if it's, you know, our generation that screwed it up. I don't know if it's our parents' generation that screwed it up. But the, the, the point is, it, it, it impacts every single generation. It impacts every single walk of life, you know, male, female, black, white, yellow, purple. Everybody has these, oh, it's like a divide, right? And, and they can't figure out how to just simplify stuff. Yeah. Right? They, every, everything's got to be, buy this tool, buy this product, go buy this car, buy this, buy this, buy this. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, what, what we're trying to get at here is, dude, sometimes the best advice is just free advice and just talking to people and just saying, hey, man, you got a bunch of kids. Yeah. Right? Like, what did you do when your daughters fought about this? Or what did you do when your son had this happen at school? Like, yeah. how did you handle it? Yeah. How did you react? Yeah. You know, no, I, think I think it's, that's it's good. important. Yeah. And I think one of the things I think about with this podcast is, like, not that we have all the answers and that we're, like, billionaire entrepreneurs, but we're just chilling, just chatting, reading books during the week, bringing, you know... Watching the news, maybe bringing in a few cool guests just to learn and just kind of bounce ideas off each other. So yeah, I mean it's exciting. It's, uh, just just two guys that happen to be dads that with four, to four kids each, or, you know, fifteen <laughs> years. Yeah, it, it, it's there's got to be some some value in there, right? Yeah. And I think uh, you know, again, maybe to your point, maybe we don't have the answers. We probably don't, but there's probably other people out there that yeah. also don't have the answers. Yeah. And maybe we can bounce ideas off each yeah. other and figure out the answers. I think just our two minds coming together, you create answers. That's you right, know? man. I mean, you, can sit all, you can sit all day by yourself trying to think some, of something. You get with another dude or some other person, and yep. it just comes. You just sit it so. down. All right, man. Bye-bye. Appreciate it, man. Yep. Next time. <laughs>